as we speak. About three weeks ago, it gave me this time of um, a refresher of going back a couple of years ago and just seeing what Jesus had done in my life. And it's, it's so exciting to see what he done. And I see it in so many other lives around me. And so this morning, I'm just going to come and share with you what he's done. And um, he came down. Just a couple of um, years ago, my life looked really different. Um, for most of my life, I was searching the world. I was searching the place of belonging, and I literally would just go from place to place to place, try and figure out where it is that I belong. And I literally would travel the world and thought it would be in the next place. And um, when the world couldn't give me what I wanted, I turned to drugs. And that was my coping mechanism for a very long time. And um, one night, the the drug taking went too far and my boyfriend died. And in that moment when he died, I felt like I had died, like everything in my life just collapsed. And um, you know when you say, um, you hit rock bottom. <laughs> I felt like my rock bottom had a basement yeah. and it was dark. <laughs> but let me tell you, oh, Jesus, he is light. And it's where he shines, he loves the darkness. He comes in, it's his mandate, it's who he is, and it's what he's about, it's what he's about. And um, if you would just bear with me, and what I'd love to do is just share a bit with you of how he came in and he took this dark basement and he turned it into a holy sanctuary where there was light and joy and peace and forgiveness and grace. And so the morning, the very day after Dwayne had passed away, I had to go in and see um, the constable that was working the case and he said to me the very first words he said to me as i sat down in his office is god said to me i need to show you favor and send you home to your family and not arrest you because jesus says you are free and for the next 30 minutes he spoke life into my life the stranger that i never knew in a place that i was just completely numb i didn't understand it at the time but there was something that changed in my life and i knew at that very moment that that was there wasn't a plan b there was no way that I could go back to what it is that I was doing. Like, the smack was a I can't say it in any other way. And um, in that time, I, because I decided that was it, I, uh, the second night I was having these night terrors. I'm going to try not cry. <laughs> and next to me, and I would wake up screaming, and next to me was my mom and my dad, and they were praying over me, and they were declaring whose I was. And they were telling Satan to take his hands off of me and that I was a child of God. And the very next day, that was it. I never had one night terror or trauma thought of that evening ever again. Sure. And during that time, I had a counselor as well that was, um, that was seeing me. And uh, a friend invited me back to church and there was a choice. There's always, there's always a choice. And I remember walking into church the first time. And I honestly thought that the sins that I was carrying was going to, I was going to blow up in a ball of flames. Yeah. Everyone knew, and that was my roasting. It was going to be done. But the, it was like the pastor preached straight to my heart. It was for me, and it was gentle, and it was kind, and it was enduring, and it was just, it was the beginning of my journey. And during the time of um, when Dwayne passed away, my aunt and uncle were down. Um, for holidays so they were staying with us and the one night she was sitting and she was chatting with me and she was telling me about a story of how she went on a missions trip with my uncle and my cousin and he was a little picky at the time and as they arrived in Malawi 
The man took my hat, uh, took my husband, that's awkward, like Jewish thing about it, the uncle. Took my uncle to another town and in that moment my aunt was so afraid because she realised she was on her own in a foreign country with people that didn't speak English and the women around her understood the fear that she was going through and though they didn't speak English, they spoke Jesus and they started singing Amazing Grace over her. And they sang it and they sang it and they sang it over her until she had complete peace. And she said to me, get a song. Get a song and every time you feel afraid, every time you're feeling vulnerable or scared, put it in and just keep playing it. Keep playing the truth of who you are. And um, my mouth's very dry. <laughs> and so... While I was still in this, felt like I was still in this basement stage, completely vulnerable, exposed, like everybody could see <laughs> into my life, and everybody seemed to want to have a say. But while people were speaking at me, Jesus was speaking in me, and I started receiving the truth of He, who He was. And um, um, I watched this one sermon by good old trusted Auntie Joyce Myers, and. In her sermon, she said, I want to challenge you to read the word for 30 days, for 30 minutes a day, for 30 days. And I was like, I can do that. And so I remember sitting with my Bible and really not even sure where to begin. And Jesus reminded me, the constable that spoke into my life's name is John. The counselor that saw me, his name is John. And my dad, I can't even look there. Who prayed for me? His name's John. And you know that the word John, the name John means Yahweh has favor upon you. And so I started in the word of John. And in John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And it's like Jesus took me to the very beginning of who he was so I could understand his character. Because when I understand his character, I understand my character. And um, he just started from the beginning, and um, I put up my hand to serve in Sunday school. And I still remember thinking, I honestly thought Kurt and Chantal were going to get fired because they were allowing someone with such a crazy past to be with the kids. But Jesus did just such a healing in there because if you ever want to, to just have your love tank filled and you want to just know the true character of God and that childlike faith, go spend some time, put your hand up with the, to serve in the, in the children's church because it's just... There's so much blessing. You think that you're doing something for them. God does something. There's always this beautiful exchange all the time. When you give of yourself, he fills you. And um, oh, so, and what I would do is, <laughs> I was like, I felt so inadequate. Like I didn't know anything. And so I would start watching YouTube videos of, and I started at Moses and then at Noah. And you know that YouTube rabbit hole that you go down. And I ended up singing songs from Sunday school, these um, salty songs, it's like the 80s, 90s. And there I was singing to Jesus, and these were the songs that carried me through the nights where they were really tough. Little Sunday school songs that just had so much power at the time that I needed it. And um, 
You see, Jesus was busy restoring my identity because the very thing, you see, Jesus never ever once had a conversation with me about what I was taking. He knew what I was taking. He was after the why. He's never after the what. He sees the what, but watch just the branches. He's after the why. And he was busy showing me whose I was. And you see, there's no one else that can fill it. It's not your husband's, not your wife's, not your children. There's a special part inside of you that's created, that's your spirit, that's created exclusively for God. There's nothing else that can fit into that space. And when we get to, and when we read the word through that space, it changes everything. And um, I loved it when our word for the year for the church was restoration, because... It's actually a word where we think Jesus is going to give to us, but restoration means to take away. It's to take away and then to replace with something else. And um, we, we as a family, we love a restoration show. <laughs> if there's a house that needs to be restored, we'll watch it. If there's a car that can be restored, I mean, if there's a shoe that they're going to restore, we'll probably watch it. And um, I've um, grown up, I can't even remember a time where my dad... He loves vintage cars where he hasn't had a vintage car that he's restored. And the other day I was driving I was driving down the road. And as I was driving down the road, I just saw my dad. He's got a little Morris Minor and it's like a olden day version of a Foxy. It's the only way I can explain it. And I was driving down the road and my dad came cruising around the corner with his arm out the window, the biggest smile on his face. I mean, it's a tractor steering wheel and like, it was like PE drift around the corner. <laughs> and I mean, he didn't break any rules, it's a vintage car. But the joy that he had on his face coming around that corner, it just, it was like a life message right in it. Like he'd done the work, he'd restored his car. And God's like, he restores us and he wants us to enjoy it. We get to enjoy the things that he's done within us because it's something that we carry to the others. They get to enjoy it as well. And... Um, and while he was restoring me from this dark basement into a holy sanctuary, there were still two little lingerers that were hanging on, and they were named Shame and Guilt. And they were just, it was something that I couldn't shake for a long time, and I remember coming in one Easter weekend, and I honestly can't tell you who was preaching, I'm sorry, but it was like it was just Jesus and myself that day, and he just spoke to me, and for the first time he received the cross, it's easy to understand corporately for me. It was easy to understand that he would do it for everybody. But just for me, and he just and that morning he showed me that it, my sins too were also accounted for. That the task was done and it was okay to go and walk in freedom. And um, that very moment that I understood the cross, it changed everything for me. It was the restoration was done and now he was, I was carrying these seeds, you see. Because once... He does the restoring. It, it puts you on your path of righteousness. It's a seed that you bring that you can carry forward of what it is he's doing. And it's basically the plans and the purposes of our life. And every, a lot of people ask, what are the plans and the purposes of our life? And it's very simple. It's just to lead people to Jesus. We can't do any more than that. And it can look different for everybody. For some it's praying, for some it's encouraging, for some it's just being there. But you see, I can't control and make you do what it is that you need to do. There's just this over, it's a natural overflowing love that comes, that people get to see who, what you're carrying, and that's what leads them to Jesus. 
We try and overcomplicate it sometimes. But you see, the more time you spend with Jesus, there's a natural conversation that comes out when you when you're speaking to when you're speaking to people. And um, I just started at a new job, and there was this girl, well, still is, and she's literally half my age. And I remember starting then. Every time I would ask a question, I, I kept expecting her response to be either in sarcasm or rude, I think we just become cynical. And every single time I was just met with kindness and she had no idea about my journey. This was about three or four months after Dwayne passed away, so it was still really raw. And she just kept meeting with me with kindness because she was just being who she is. She wasn't trying hard, it was just natural for her. And um, a friendship formed and we, um, most lunches we would go for walks and I got to share with her who Jesus is and what he's done in my life. And the one day she said to me, um, she's not sure if she's given her life to Jesus. Can I help her? And on the side of Villiers Road, busy Villiers Road, she gave her life to the Lord. And next month she's getting married and she's asked me to officiate the wedding. And um, that's enough public speaking for me for a long time. But... <laughs> I was like, that's what Jesus does. There's always just this natural exchange all the time when we just be. I never wanted to manipulate her into believing Jesus. I was just spending time with Jesus and excited to share it with her over lunchtime, over our walks. And you see, we've all got something that we carry in our hands, and that's what it is all about. For some, it's teaching. <laughs> for some, it's leading. For some, it's caring and loving on people. I know for my mom, she... Um, she loves to bake and feed the neighbours. <laughs> we got a um, our neighbours while I passed away, and um, my mom's always baking. And the fact that she's she's thoughtful that somebody's on their own and that they're being thought of, that's what she carries. For my dad, he's a peacemaker because we're three girls. It takes a lot, yeah. and um, that's the heart that he carries. And for my sister, she just loves the elderly. There's something about it. She's got this patience and this caring, and what it does is. It shows me and it reminds me of God's character, character because every single one of those is God's character by just being who it is that you are. And then my nephew's there as well. He's um, got this, whoo. <laughs> He's got this bold faith that I love. He prays for people coming out of chemists. So I'm just like, there you go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we get to just be, when we just allow people to be who we are called to be, it's this perfect harmony of just following Jesus and loving Jesus. And um, the song that I was playing in my head, Dear Walter, I'm actually finished. You see, I said she's going to go fast when I'm nervous. Go. And um, the song that I was playing over and over in my head was, the last verse of the song goes, he split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. He rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. Yeah. And that's his heart for every single one of us because it's like everyone that spoke this morning, it was like you have spoken actually a lot of my sermon that I didn't go to because you actually went through already. But you see, we're on this path of righteousness. We're clothed in righteousness. We have this robe of righteousness and this ring that tells me that I'm part of the kingdom and I've got sandals on my feet because sandals means you're going. Yeah. It's going, it's going in his word, it's go, walking on the path to spread the word, the readiness of the word, the gospel of the word of who Jesus is. 
And so my prayer for everyone today is, is that, in a nutshell, there was a lie that I believed that I didn't belong, that there wasn't a place for me, is that Jesus would reveal to you on your heart the very thing, there's a lie, whatever it may be, and I don't want you to go down a rabbit hole digging and trying to serve, get all peace in your heart. It's just something that's on the surface and that you would bring it to him because he wants to go on a journey with you. And in that journey, he does this restoration and it sets you up for your plans and your purposes for your life. And that's the heart for him. It's the heart for every single one of us. There's not one person that's not counted for. So thank you. All right, let's stand. And don't go away, Heidi. You know, I just, it's been an incredible morning. But even as Haji was